This evening's psalms are Psalm 132 on page 508 and Psalm 134 on page 509. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins, and serve thee with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 132 Lord, remember David and all his trouble. How he swear unto the Lord, and vowed a vow unto the Almighty God of Jacob. I will not come within the tabernacle of mine house, nor climb up into my bed. I will not suffer mine eyes to sleep, nor mine eyelids to slumber, neither the temples of my head to take their rest. Until I find out a place for the temple of the Lord, and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of the same at Ephrathah, and found it in the wood. We will go into his tabernacle, and fall low on our knees before his footstool. Arise, O Lord, unto thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints sing with joyfulness. For thy saints, for thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. The Lord hath made a faithful oath unto David, and he shall not shrink from it. Of the fruit of thy body shall I set upon the throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their children also shall sit upon the, thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion to be an habitation for himself. He hath longed for her. This shall be my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have a delight therein. 
I will bless her victuals with increase, and will satisfy her poor with bread. I will deck her priests with health, and her saints shall rejoice and sing. There shall I make the horn of David to flourish. I have ordained a lantern for mine anointing. As for his enemies, I shall clothe them with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Psalm 134 Behold now, praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Ye that by night stand in the house of the Lord, even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, and praise the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, give thee blessing out of Sion. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth verse of the second chapter of the book of Esther. In Shushan the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. And he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of the king. When virgins were gathered together a second time, Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Now Esther had not revealed her family and her people, just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bigthan and Teresh, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hanged on gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Here begins the 27th verse of the 27th chapter of the book of Acts. Now when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. And they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea under pretense of, not, of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurions and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day you have waited and continued without food and eaten, eaten nothing. Therefore I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food from this, themselves. And in all, we were 276 persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed the bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors and left them in the sea, meanwhile loosing the rudder ropes. And they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Here ends the second lesson. Together, Nunc Dimittis. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that make us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. 
O God, whose never-failing providence ordereth all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly beseech thee to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things which are profitable for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. I love the book of Esther. I don't know why it's always just um, touched me and, and made me um, want to read it. I want to read it all at once. I want to read the story. I want to see all, how all these things happen. I think our theme between both of our passages tonight is that God is going to move and God is going to accomplish his will. And um, as long as we're with him, we're going to um, experience some things and not always understand why we're experiencing what we're experiencing, but um, just to just realize that God's in charge and some of the things are to get us where he wants us. Uh, that'll become real evident in just a minute. Um, the direness of Israel's situation, they're in Persia, they've been taken into Babylonia, now the Persians are running the show. And um, like the history, uh, people wanna get rid of the Jewish people. And so this is gonna be happening again. And so um, all of God's covenant promises with Abraham and David, they're all jeopardized. But God's love for Israel is, um, is you can't find a better example of that except in this dramatic rescue of his people from this elimination that is attempted later in the book. And then it uh, kind of reminds me of a verse in Psalms, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. In Psalm 121.4. So Esther was occurred during a Persian period of world history. Ashahurus uh, ruled from 486 to 465, and uh, Esther starts about 483 and goes to 473. So it misses the first three years of his reign and, and the last uh, seven. Uh, the name Ashahurus represents the Hebrew transliteration of the Persian name um, uh, Kisha, Aryarsha, and Xerxes, which represents his Greek name. So we probably heard of him as Xerxes. So let's talk a few, about a few of the other characters. I just mentioned the Ashahurus, the king, uh, who is Xerxes. Um, Vashti, his uh, first wife, or his uh, rebellious wife, who becomes his ex-wife. And um, I wonder sometimes how God, you know, spurred that on to happen so that, you know, we would have a situation where Esther could move in. Mordecai is um, a Jewish man. Um, some of the people who write about the, the book say that uh, he's descended from Kish, who was also, Saul was the son of Kish. But there may have been enough time between Saul and Kish that, you know, it would be like more of a um, generational thing. Hadassah is the name that is um, Esther's Hebrew name, and it means myrtle or star. And the um, Persian name is Esther, which means the same things, myrtle or star. And uh, she was an orphan, and she grew up in Persia, and her cousin, older cousin Mordecai raised her as if, if he was, she were his own daughter. So people were taken into captivity, and uh, these two, Mordecai and Esther, they were, they were good figs. And what do we mean by good figs? If we look just a minute at Jeremiah 24, the first seven verses, 
God gives a sign of to Jeremiah of two baskets of figs, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar carried away all these people, the king of Jerusalem, uh, king of um, Jerusalem, and all the people that he took, uh, craftsmen, smiths, and um, so this, these baskets that he gave to Jeremiah showed Jeremiah had very good figs in one basket and very bad figs in another. And he says to Jeremiah, "What do you see?" And he goes, "Good figs that are very, very bad, and you can't eat, and some good figs that are very, very good." And the Lord said, like these good figs, I will acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah. And this is what's the key thing, and I think it kind of is the key of Esther, too. I have sent out of this place for their own good into the land of the Chaldeans. For I will set my eyes on them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. So that's kind of um, uh, reminiscent of Egypt when, when the, uh, Israel went into Egypt and then came out 400 years later. So Mordecai is probably an important guy because he's sitting at the gate of the king, and as he's sitting there listening, here's the plot of Vigthan uh, and uh, Teresh, doorkeepers, and they were probably upset because they probably came from the same um, line as Vashti, and they were upset that they uh, that the king deposed Vashti, and they had a plot. Uh, Mordecai informed Esther, Esther informed the king, and after uh, looking at it, the um, Per, the, they were executed on the gallows. And just to make clear so anybody knows, it's not like when we think of a Western gallows with the hangman's noose. When you're hanged on a gallows there, that, that included being impaled. So it's more like Vlad Dracula than uh, Western hanging. So um, what we see with Esther and, and Mordecai and what we're going to see in this book is that God works through them and they have challenges. And that's an important thing too. Some of these things that they do as, as they're accomplishing God's will aren't fun things. And so we see that he works together as for, for his purpose. And our call is to remain steadfast and faithful. So let's move to Acts. The sailors were doing everything they, they knew to avoid perishing at sea. They were lightening the load, taking soundings, which means they were seeing how deep it was, um, dropping anchors to try to hold the boat in the right place. Um, the sailors tried to get away. They even had plans to kill the prisoners because if the prisoners escaped, it could be lead to their own death. And Paul assured them not a hair on their heads would perish because he, and everybody would survive. And so my thought about that is, um, you know, the God says we're not going to perish. And even if we perish in this life, we wake up in, the, in his kingdom. But they aren't going to perish and not a hair of them will be harmed. But it might get wet. That was the important thing. You know, there's not going to be harm, but it could get wet. And in this case, they're obviously going to get wet because they go into the ocean. So faith sometimes doesn't involve action. It's just allowing God to work for us to remain faithful while God works. And I don't know why these things come into my mind. It's probably the way I think. But I was reminded of a bumper sticker, and it was kind of a um, – it was supposed to be a humorous bumper sticker. But sometimes I think it's really good advice for us as Christians. And the bumper sticker said, get in, sit down, buckle up, shut up, and enjoy the ride. And I think for us, sometimes we need to sit down and just allow God to take us on the ride and for us to just remain faithful and ride with him. I'd like to continue with the intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. 
Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our private supplications at this time. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In particular, we beseech thee to continue thy gracious protection to us this night. Defend us from all dangers and mischiefs and from the fear of them, that we may enjoy such refreshing sleep as may fit us for the duties of the coming day. And grant us grace always to live in such a state, that we may never be afraid to die, so that living and dying we may be thine, through the merits and satisfaction of thy Son, Christ Jesus, in whose name we offer up these our imperfect prayers. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, Barb and Aaliyah. It's so great to pray with you guys. It's just a, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Have a good night, everybody.